0: Bibles and turn to Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter number 7. And we we'll are start reading verse number 31. Mark chapter number 7, verse 31. I hope you've had a great week and I'm glad to see you here this morning. Most of you are smiling and awake, so that's a great sign for me that you want to be here. You know, church is not the same when you're not here. You know, the old devil wants to convince you on times that no one will miss you when you're not at church. That's a lie. All right? If I, if anybody else, no one else misses you, I do. All right? I know there's lots of people here who miss you if you're not here. So be in your place and be encouraged and serve the Lord together. Amen? And that's our desire. Mark chapter number 7, verse number 31. Mark chapter 7, Verse 31. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseeched him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his finger in his ear and spit and touched his tongue. And he looked up to heaven and he sighed and saith unto him, him, Ephrathah, that is, be, be open and straightway his ears were open and the string of his tongue was loosened and he spake plain and he charged them that they should tell no man the more he charged them so much the more a great deal they published it and they were beyond measure astonished saying he hath done all things well he make both the deaf and the hear and the dumb To speak. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another time we have to be in your house. And Lord, I pray that you would allow this message to be encouragement to these dear folks. Lord, help us to be trusting you and understanding you have done all things well. And Lord, we need to just follow your plan for our lives. Lord, I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. So this passage opens up with Jesus leaving the city of, Gentile cities of Tyre and Sidon, coming down off the Mediterranean coast, and heading back towards Galilee. But Jesus and his men did not take the straightest route to get to Galilee. They went to Decapolis. Now, if you were to... I think most of us in the back of our Bibles have maps and things. I don't want you to look right now, but look this afternoon, okay, after service. And you'll see that Decapolis was not on the way to Galilee. All right? It it was not the quickest route by no means. Uh, the scholars tell us the journey from Tyre and Sidon and then to go over to the Decapolis and then go over to Galilee could have taken as much as eight months on foot. Now, we're not told exactly how Jesus' and the disciples traveled, but it's a very high probability it was by foot. So if you think of going on this route, the quickest route is to go straight, well, Jesus and his disciples took a hard left and went the other direction. And then he swung around back. If it was indeed that long, eight months, that was a very significant portion of the Lord's ministry here, don't you think? Three years of ministry thereabouts and eight months, it could be as long as that, maybe a little. even if it was six months. It was a long portion, of, I mean, it makes up a significant part of his ministry time. And these men were with him. And what was he doing? Well, he was teaching his men. He was instructing them, uh, helping them understand the truth. And this would be one of the last opportunities that he got to spend a, a lot of, I believe, intimate time with them before he went to the cross. He's imparting wisdom, imparting information, the truth. It's also interesting that Jesus goes to the capitalists. You know, the people in that region had asked Jesus to leave. In Mark chapter number 5, Jesus had cast out the legion of demons out of the maniac of Kedera. The demons had left the maniac into a swine herd, and the swine jumped off the cliff and were all drowned. And the people, the capitalists said, go, leave us, leave us. Now he returns, and they receive him with open arms. Come back. You know, when someone tells me to leave... And then they say, come back. You know what I say? Why? <laughs> What's in that pie? <laughs> Whatever the case. Why? Why the change? Why the change of mind? Let me read you a verse in Mark chapter 5, verse 19. Actually, I'll read you two. Howbeit Jesus suffered him, that's the media of Kedera, not. But said unto him, go home to thy friends and tell them what great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men marveled. I think part of the answer to that question is the maniac became the missionary and people found out about Jesus. That's what happens. And they saw the difference in him. He was an effective witness. He was, and when the people had seen such a great change in him, they were eager for him to return they wanted to see him they wanted to meet him and that's a great lesson for us that the man of Kidera, he was busy for the lord so should we be busy for the lord i'm so glad that jesus went back you know remember they said get leave get don't want you around here get aren't you grateful for the second chances the lord gives us boy we should be it's amazing how much. Aren't you grateful that he, he didn't write you off after the first time you said no? And In the realm of salvation, definitely. And in the realm of our Christian lives, in and He tells us to do something, we say no. And the Lord just keeps pushing our heart. keeps drawing us to Him. He keeps calling. It's amazing. Shows us how much He loves us, doesn't it? And shows us His great grace. Come, come. In this passage, Jesus comes to the capitalist and the people bring a deaf man to Jesus for, a, for healing. And He heals this man. And I love the latter part of the chapter where it says, the people were amazed and they said, He hath done all things well. What a great testimony. We heard a lot in our singing tonight or this morning. I don't know, I've been telling people good evening all morning. I'm having a hard time today, but... Uh, it, Oh, we hear lots of reference to praising Him. And we should. And that's what these people did. They praised His name. You've done all things well. You've done all things well. So verse 32. So verse 31 we saw that He left from Tyre and came into Galilee from the Capitals. And in verse 32 it says, And they bring unto Him one that was deaf and had an impediment in speech. And they beseeched Him to put His hand upon Him. The man and the situation... Verse 32, the man and his situation. The Bible tells us this man was deaf. Means, the word here means to be blunt or dull, that can't hear right, he can't hear. It may be because the man wasn't involved in an accident, or maybe he was born that way, it was not told us. But either way, he can't hear. And not only was he deaf, he had a speech impediment. He could talk, but his speech was impaired. Now, those two conditions go hand in hand, don't they? If you can't hear well, you have a problem in pronunciating the right words the right way and can't have trouble with the verbal language. I know I, uh, the church that I was serving in Hamilton, my, the church my wife's from, Pastor McLean's church, uh, has a deaf ministry. And so I got to understand some things with deaf people being there and serving many years ago. And so it's part of the process. While this man's tr- uh, condition is tragic, this verse shows us a blessing He had some friends that cared about him. And they said, you need to see Jesus. Aren't you glad you you had some friends? Maybe still have the friend who said, you need to meet Jesus? You need to meet Jesus. He'll change you. And that's what these people are. They had a very specific, Jesus, help them here. But I think it was way more than that by the time this is over. They heard Jesus passing through. There was something in the heart of Jesus that drew to him those who suffered from disabilities and pain and infirmity. They came to him. He loved people, but people who were cast aside by others. Jesus spent much time ministering to those who had physical infirmities, and he had a heart full of love and compassion for them and their needs. I would say that if we're going to be like Jesus, we'll be reaching those same type of people today too, you know. Jesus' heart for them has not changed. He still loves all men. This week I, I was doing some research, and uh, I found that in the world that we live in today, you know, obviously there's lots of people with infirmities, handicaps, and uh, uh, disabilities. The UN estimates 15% of the world's population has some form of a disability. That's a lot. You think there's over 7 billion people in the world? 15%. That's a lot of people. And our church should always be a place of rest and comfort for all, and for them as well, for whoever you are. To come to the doors and find a place that you'll be, you uh, have uh, encouragement to stand and do what's right. I stand before you as one of those who has a disability. In my late teens, I was diagnosed with dyslexia. Now, dyslexia has all kinds of different forms, but the idea is a difficulty reading, Uh, reading comprehension, recall, writing, and spelling. I have to work at it hard every day. And I'm not saying that for you to give me a pat in the back after. No, it's my life. The Lord did not make a mistake. He did not. He did not make a mistake. I'm going to tell you now, though, Holly school was not fun and giggles for me. (laughs) It was tough. I did. I dreaded going to school. I mean, I didn't go as far as getting the hair dryer out and making the thermostat go up, but it was a couple times where I felt like that. Okay? I don't want to go to school today because it's hard. And college wasn't much easier either. You know, the Lord helped me through it. And listen, it doesn't go away. i got to live with the rest of my life. But every day I thank the Lord He's given me another day. Thank the Lord He made me the way I am. Besides that, people with disabilities and infirmities seem to be drawn to Jesus. I think it's because He accepts them and loves them just like they are. You know, all of us are looking for acceptance and love. I don't care who you are. You can be here and say, I don't need it. Baloney. You do so need it. Because God created us that way. You know, we all need that love and acceptance. We need to be encouraged. It's just part of it. And so often, sadly... You know, society and culture distance themselves from those with disability because they're not the same as them. Jesus loves them and so should we. And so should we. I'm so glad to let you know that from God's Word there will be no infirmities, no limitations, no disabilities in glory. Amen? No, the the, the feeble bodied or the, the weak mind or the paralyzed frame, there will be none in the glorious land. There's no worries of that. There's no thoughts of that. The Lord has a plan. He'll deliver us from that. But Jesus loves them. So should we. A third observation shows, kind of gives us an illustration here that Jesus healing in the physical realm is what he can do in the spiritual realm. Amen. In the spiritual realm. You may have a good mind and a healthy body today and you praise the Lord for it. Now I praise the Lord every day that he's given me another day and he's made me the way I am. You should too. You know, you might not be blind, deaf, crippled, paralyzed, or have a learning disability or whatever it is today, but if you're here without Jesus Christ, you are way worse off. You need Jesus. That's what you need. You need Jesus. And without Him, you are eternally lost. I hope you can make that choice today and you will not be lost anymore. But if you continue down with the idea of I'll do it my own way, I'll live my way, I'll do it the way I want to do, I have, I have some startling news for you. That's not the way God planned it. God desires that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and then be renewed, transformed. If you're here today without Christ, you're in a seriously bad condition. You need Jesus. The master and his treatment, verse number 33. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And he looked up to heaven and sighed and said unto them, "Ephatha," that is, behold, be opened. And straightway his ears were open and a string, his tongue was loosed and he spake plain. The people bring this poor man to Jesus and he does an amazing work. The first thing I notice, you know, sometimes we read the Bible so quick that we miss important details. We do. We miss important details. The first thing I see here is that Jesus took him aside. Now, I'm not saying that I get all the details. It's just saying we miss them sometimes, okay? We miss them. Jesus took him aside. Now, there was a multitude around. Verse number 33. And he took him aside from the multitude. So that's more than two or three, right? That's a lot of people. He took him aside. The crowd expected Jesus to touch him right then and there and heal him. But I'm so, I, I, this, I love this point because I have a bit of affinity with this and I'll let you know in a moment what I mean. He, he's kind and he's gentle. I don't know about you, but I love kind and gentle people. Now, in life, not in the hockey arena, but in life, okay? I like those kind and gentle people. He does not embarrass this man. You know, this man has probably been through enough already. And he gently takes them aside. And he probably does not know, this man does not know what's going to happen. He does not understand what's happening. Blindness and other physical handicaps can be seen. We can tell that someone's blind. Uh, you can tell uh, when someone has uh, is, is crippled. They have a crutch or whatever, but the idea here is the, the, the deaf person, you can't tell. And I've seen it happen. Uh, and My experience really comes from when I was in New Testament Baptist Church in Hamilton and watching uh, folks deal with deaf people. And so often, we, as those who do are not deaf, we quickly get... Upset with the deaf individual. I've seen it happen. And, and those folks, they, they can't do it. They can't change it. You think they want to stay deaf? No, of course not. But there, there's a there's a, a friction. I saw it happen, and embarrassment. and They withdraw themselves. I saw that in the ministry there. They withdraw themselves so often. And Pastor McClain, this church does a great job reaching the deaf. Don't think for a moment they don't. But that's just hard. It's not easy. Now, I can tell you with my learning disability, and I don't use it as a crutch to say I can't do it. No, I need to do it. But it just takes me different to do it. I can remember in the high school situation, classroom settings, man, I didn't always get it the way the teacher was telling me. And I can tell you some teachers, they did not accept that I could not learn like everybody else. And there was a few days I went home not feeling 100%, shall we say, but I can tell you teachers who saw that I had a need had a problem and they helped in the quiet corner. They didn't publicly embarrass. They showed love and compassion. Said, hey, Mark, let me help you with that. Try this. This might help. Jesus refused to make a scene. Jesus took him to the side. And does a work in his life? By taking him aside and me relating to how I felt as growing up in high school and things. You know what that means to me? You're not a problem. You're a person who needs some help. Let me help you. That's what that says to me. He cares. Aren't you glad Jesus cares? I mean, he cares about us. He's gentle with us. He says, hey, you're important to me. Mr. Deaf man who cannot speak or has a speech impediment. You matter to me. Let me talk to you. Let me do something for you. I'm so thankful for the personal ministry of Jesus Christ. He does not treat people like mere numbers. No, It's not a number game for him. It's people. It's people. He And it's not a people game either. It's people. He loves people. You look at the ministry of Jesus. He helps so many. Look, Read through the Gospels, you'll see so many. And every one was just, just a little bit different. He touched the leopard. He made another blind man go to a pool and wash his eyes, and his eyes were healed. He could see. Uh, he uh, did other things for other men and other ladies. It's just amazing. God loves, wants and desires to help. He healed from a distance. He desires to save. We're all saved by the same blood. Amen. What Jesus did on that cross, the same gospel, the true gospel, we're all saved the same way. But I guarantee you there's been different methods used in getting you to that place. Because all of you weren't 18 years old and grew up in an independent Bible-believing Baptist church and got saved. Some of you are really new to a Baptist church. So God uses all kinds of different ways. But the message does not change, neither does salvation. Amen? It's the same. But God uses different ways. It shows, you know what that shows? It shows to us that God sees us as unique. And we're special. We're different. Every one of us is different. And God knows that He sees that He realizes it, and He uses different ways to draw us to Him. I'm so thankful for that. That our God can see us as unique individuals. You know, there's seven point, last I heard, 7.6 billion people in this world. You know what? God knows everybody's name. You ever think about that? God knows everybody's name. I'm pretty sure, no, I'm not pretty sure. I know I'll get some names mixed up here today if you ask me for everybody's name. Don't do it. We ask God and He get everybody right in a moment. He knows your heart. He cares. I don't know about you, but man, that encourages my heart today. He cares about me. He knows me. Jesus continues his special ministry in this man's life. He, he can't tell him verbally what he's doing because he's deaf. So Jesus uses some rough form of sign language to communicate what he's going to do. First, he sticks his finger in the man's ear to let him know he's going to do something about this. Okay? Then he spit on his finger and touched the man's tongue. Now, I'm going to be honest. I do not understand why. If I could explain everything to you from God's word why I did, it wouldn't be much faith, was it? If I could explain everything to you, I just know that God did it. Amen? He healed that man and he did it this way unorthodox? Oh, Yeah. Totally, but God healed them. I don't know. Maybe as I'm reading through it, I'm thinking the Lord's trying to get this man's attention and kind of awaken his conscience. That I'm going to do something for you and get this man to understand. I'm going to change some things here in a moment, and and I love you, and I'm reaching out to you. I'm going to touch your life. I hope you can say the same thing. That that's what you know about Jesus. That he loves you. You know that. Something happened in your life. You accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. And your life has changed. I'm so thankful for the Master's touch. He touched the sick and made them well. He touched the, the rot of leprosy and it made it clean. He, he touched the dead life returned. Jesus wasn't afraid to be defiled as the, the priests and the Levites at that time were. His power was not held back by sickness or death his power overruled all those you think he, he came to this world and and we're we're celebrating that now the, the day that is set aside to celebrate his coming to the earth as a, as a child and then in easter time we'll we'll remember i love christmas but easter's better folks because that's when he rose he rose. He came for that purpose. Okay? And he, he died and He rose again and He touched us. He changed us. He didn't shy away from the sin. He took the sins upon Himself so we could be saved. Oh, there's none that Jesus will not save. You might be sitting there today and say, well oh, Pastor Hawcock, you don't know all the bad things I did. That's fine. The blood has covered it all. Jesus has taken sin upon him and, and he has covered all our sins. We'll just accept him. You know, as individual believers, if we're going to reach the lost, we can't hide in the, the towers of isolationism. We need to be around people to reach them, don't you think? Well, now we're not going to be like them. We're not going to live the way they live and, and do the things they do. But we can show them Jesus' kindness. We can show them Jesus' love. But well, you're not going to do that in the basement of your house. You need to get out and meet some people. Get involved in your community or make connections at church. Make those vital connections that you can be effective in reaching people for Jesus. After touching him, Jesus looks toward heaven. I think this act served two purposes. First, I think this man was trying to communicate to him this is coming from heaven. It's coming from the Father. The healing was coming from Him. Isn't that a great act of dependence upon the Father from the Son? Lord, Father, I'm looking to you. Jesus often looked to heaven for help He needed. He did this at the tomb of Lazarus in John 11.41. I think we all would agree that Jesus lived a life of close communion with his Father. Amen? Close communion with his Father. If you and me want to be effective in ministering to others, we need to be in close communion with our Savior, with our Father. We need to. We'll be far more effective in our outreach and more effective in our ministries if we live close to the Lord. Spend time with Him. Spend time in His Word. Spend time in prayer. He will bless those who make a priority to be with Him. He will be in God's Word. After looking towards heaven, Jesus sighed. That means to, to groan. You know, the deaf man could not hear that at that moment. I I know this is kind of extra biblical, but as I read about Jesus, I wonder if there's not a few tears in his eyes. It's the same idea of you know the burden is heavy for me. I care about you and what you're going through. I had the opportunity to, to spend a few years ministering with Pastor McLean at New Testament Baptist Church, and I watched a man who loved his church, It still loves his church. Great shepherd. And I remember sitting in his office and he was dealing with people. And I have to be honest, I was probably about eighteen, 19, no, about 19 years old. And it was the first time I saw a pastor kind of do what this verse said, kind of groan. He was helping someone out and there was a problem they were having. And I, I could still hear the sigh of, it wasn't a sigh of, like, oh, I can't believe you did that. It was a sigh of, oh, I want to help. You know that side, right? Maybe you've helped someone and you sighed that. Maybe you're needing help and you hear that. Jesus is saying, I care about you and what you're going through. I praise the Lord. We have a Savior who cares. He's a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Isaiah 53.3. Our Lord knows about grief and what it's like. Remember, He shed tears in the garden before He went to the cross. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Hebrews 4.15 He sympathizes with us. He understands our weakness. He's felt those weaknesses. Now, He never sinned. He never sinned. But He understands. You know, Isn't it nice when you speak to somebody who's gone through a similar situation as you? Maybe you glean a little bit of information how to deal with that situation. It's encouraging to me when I talk to another pastor. I'm trying to help people. i never dealt with this before. And I ask them, hey, have you had an experience in this? They say, oh yeah, I tried this. This is what really worked for me. It encourages me. We should be encouraged today. Our Savior knows what we're going through. He cares. He cares about you and what you're facing in your life today. Regardless of what you're facing today, you can find hope and you can find help in Him. You know, so many people today, they're going to the self-help books. Some are going to liquor. Some are going to drugs. Some are going to wrong relationships. Some are going here and there and everywhere to find hope. And you can find it in Jesus. And don't think that your family is the only one who's got problems. Listen, we all do. We all face Him. No one's immune. Look to Jesus. I find that in my own ministry as I'm growing in the Lord, the, the, the closer I am with Christ, the more I'm enabled by His power to minister to folks and, and see that human heart. The closer we are with God, the, the we can feel the heartache of our fellow man. If we don't have a good relationship with God, we won't care about people. Because you know who we're caring about? Me. Well, all about me. The closer our communion with Him, the more effective in our ministry we will be. I pray the Lord develop a a heart of compassion, a desires to alleviate the needs that we see, the best that we can. I read this story this week, and man, I'll be honest, it it brought me to tears, so I'm giving you warning now. Just about the idea of having a heart of Compassion. One day a little boy came home from school and, you know, little boys, when they come home from school, they're usually jumping around, throwing their book bag around. Woohoo! I'm home! You know, i got a couple in my place, so I know how little boys work. He came home, but he was sad. And mom, you know, moms, you pick up on that stuff so fast, right? Sometimes dads don't notice that and we're like, hey, come on, let's go. Mom's like a little bit more perceptive, like, what's going on? Is everything all right, honey? Mom said. And the little boy said, "Well, I guess so." When usually, when I hear "Well, I guess so," I, I, I'm getting to be interpreting it. It's not all right. He goes, "Well, I guess so," but Billy came home. Came to school today, and Mom, he told the class that his dad had died. They just buried his dad yesterday, Mama. Then he said, Billy was so upset about his dad dying that he just cried and cried. And his mom, I mean, imagine getting that information from a little boy coming home from school. She said, well, what'd you do? He said, I just laid my head on my desk and I cried with him too. Isn't it nice sometimes when you're going through things, not sometimes, all the time, to have that friend i will just sit there and cry with you if you need it. Divide your sorrows, not multiply them. That kind of heart, that's the kind of heart Jesus has. He desires to help us in our sorrows. Is that the kind of heart that you have? Then Jesus said one word, epheda which means be open. When Jesus said this, the man's ears were healed and his tongue was loose. He could hear, he could speak! What a miracle! One command from Jesus and his life was changed! Don't you think that morning he woke up, he did not think that he would be speaking or hearing? Jesus comes through his town, his friends bring with him, he meets Jesus and he's changed! Jesus can do that for you today too. His power has not changed since that day. He still has the power to save and deliver. I've seen Him open the spiritually deaf. I've, I've seen Him open the eyes of the spiritually blind. I've seen Him raise the spiritually dead to life through the Word of God. There's many of you here today who are testimonies of the power of God, are you not? He saved you from where you were and what you were doing and the direction you were in. I know many of you could raise your hand and give testimony of of what Jesus has done for you. If we'll be honest, we didn't get saved because of what Jesus could do. We got saved because we knew we needed Jesus. Sometimes we you hear preachers and different things. Jesus did this and Jesus did this. Listen, what I needed was salvation and Jesus provided. If I get nothing else, I've been blessed beyond measure. He assures me of eternal home when I accept Him as my Savior. Heaven's my home. Just passing through this world. Verse number 36, And He charged them that they should tell no man. But the more He charged them, so much, the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh uh, both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. The multitude and their proclamation here. The multitude and their proclamation. As soon as he accomplished this miracle, Jesus tells the multitude, Don't tell anybody. He tells them, Be quiet. Shh. He charged them. That's the idea. He He's telling them to keep quiet, and He did the opposite. <laughs> Jesus is shh. They're like, ah, la, la, la. you know, telling everybody they can find. He told them to tell no one, and they told everybody. I think they've much. I think this is where the newfies came from. This portion of scripture, okay. Okay, that is definitely extra biblical, okay, do not. The Bible tells us that people were beyond measure astonished. Now, I kinda, of, when I read that verse and those verses, I kinda of get the ideas where he saw this take place. Though Jesus had taken this, this man to the side, we're all intrinsically curious, are we not? What's going on over there? You know, they're all looking. And many people knew that this man was deaf and couldn't speak. And then when he came out of that corner with the Lord, he's speaking and he here hear, Wow! It's amazing! Beyond measure, astonished. Their mouths were wide open. They, wow! This is amazing! I, Wow! Have you ever, you know, I, I've seen this, I'm trying to just give you a visual here of the idea of this astonishment. You know, Christmas time and you give someone a big gift that they weren't expecting and the eyes are wide open. They're like, I can't believe. And sometimes people cry, right? Sometimes they laugh. They're just overwhelmed. That's what these people are. Totally overwhelmed. And the only words that they could use to sum it up, He have done all things well. They looked at all they knew about Jesus and they had probably been in personal contact. If not personal contact, they had heard the story of the maniac of Cadera. And now they see this happen and Jesus is before them and they say, He has done all things well. He done all things well. I hope you can echo the same words of that multitude in your heart today. He had done all things well. I can look back in the past and I can tell you that Jesus has never failed me. I hope you see that as well in your life. Christian, He hasn't failed. Even when I was a sinner, when I was lost, when I had not accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, He was patiently calling. Sending people my way to testify, to witness, to encourage. Praise His name. I didn't deserve that. But He did it anyway. He's blessed me. He's used me. He have done all things well. As I stand here and I look to the future... I kind of look to the path and say, well, the Lord's taking care of me all the way back there. He can do in the future too, because He has not changed. He's the same. And you and I may not understand all the twists and turns of the road of life. I did not think December of 2017 I would be your pastor. Last December. Think that's a twist? <laughs> At the turn in life yeah the road not the way I planned it we may not understand at all and we may wonder why some terrible events have taken place in our life and we may wonder why people are sick in our family or sick in our lives and why did the Lord take this precious saint home and different things we may have all those wonderments and and some of your question marks maybe is as tall as the Rockies right now you don't understand. There will be one day Christian will stand before the Lord and those Christian marks will be all rubbed away, won't they? We won't have any questions when we get to heaven in the sense of why did that happen? We'll see that the Lord had a plan. He had a wonderful plan in our lives and I'm pretty sure when we get to heaven, we'll be saying He have done all things well. He have done all things well. And we don't understand everything right now. I understand understand that. Hey, folks, it will be really easy for me to get a little upset and bitter because I can't read like some of you can read. Oh, I can read. I see some people pick up a book and they're... I do lots of reading in the work that I do. I'd love to be able to go pfft, 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 through those books, and I gotta be honest. I gotta read, and I gotta read, and I gotta read to get what's going on in whatever book it is I'm reading. I could get pretty bitter about it. That, Lord, you never really equipped me for this job. No, the Lord's in control. He's in control. He has a plan. And listen, I'm human. There's times when I do get upset about it. And I gotta say, I gotta give it back to the Lord. Okay, Lord, you gotta plan. He's in control. You allow me to have this, you've done all things well. You've done all things well. The man in this text met Jesus that day, and his life was never the same again. Oh, I love that! That when we meet Jesus, things change. Things change. He can do the same thing uh, for you today. You you might not be here today, and you're deaf, or you can't speak. You have a speech impediment. That's not what I'm talking about. He'll change your life spiritually. He'll raise you from the dead. If you don't know Jesus today, my friend, I would urge, I would plead. You to make that decision. At least ask some more questions about it. I understand we live in the world today that in a society, in our nation, that we don't hear Jesus much besides use in a horrible language. Hey, you need to get to know Him. Because He changes things. Oh, my friend, if I had not accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was 18 years old, I would not be standing before you today. I would not. It shudders. I do not even want to think about where I would be without Jesus today. Come to Jesus and see that he does all things well. Whatever your spiritual condition, whether you're saved today or you're lost, Jesus can help you today. He can. And every day. He can deliver you from addiction. He can deliver you from lust. He can forgive you your sins. Help you live a godly life. He can help lift that burden you're carrying. Give you peace in your heart. Because He does all things well.